Welcome to My Best Friend's an Engineer, the podcast where we spill the tea on being woman in STEM. I'm Libby, a Milwaukee-based project engineer and a 2019 mechanical engineer graduate from Miami University. And I'm Lexi, a Chicago-based validation engineer and a 2020 chemical engineer graduate from Miami University working in the medical device industry. We're best friends who met in college while getting our engineering degrees. Tune in to catch discussions with women in a variety of male-dominated industries, candid conversations around our careers, and chats about being girly girls in STEM. If you're looking to develop your professional career skills and connect with a community full of women in STEM, then this is the podcast for you. Let's get into today's episode. have a new intro now, so it throws me off a little bit that I don't say welcome back, but in today's episode, <laughs> we're, we're discombobulated. Right <laughs> That's the word of the day. A little bit discombobulated. In today's episode, we talked to Asia, Asia. Oh my God, I can't even talk. In today's episode, we talked to Asia Fee. She is a chemist and she works in the beauty space. She also has her own beauty brand. And we talked a lot about chemistry and makeup brands, um, what you can do if you want to be a woman in STEM in the beauty space and just all things makeup and like all the science that goes into it. We also touched a little bit on like um, minorities and women of color in the industry. So it was a really well-rounded discussion and we hit a lot of really cool talking points. So I definitely recommend continuing to listen. But Lexi, how's your week been? We haven't chatted in so long. I know. I need to hear some I know. Updates. Okay. So this episode is coming out the 27th, but we can always talk about Valentine's Day. It, you know, mm. we always can fit that in. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about the restaurant that we went to because we went to the same place last year and we got what's called omakase. And I think it's just like a general term, but it's basically you tell them what you like in, in sushi in general and what you don't like, and then they just bring you surprise rolls. So there's, they <gasps> have a menu, but we just, we decided to do, you know, surprise me, get, get, give us stuff. Oh my gosh. So good. It was phenomenal. So I wanted to talk about that and it was just the most splendid thing. I, I don't even know what types of rolls we got. I just, we had like six. <laughs> What did you say? You like? What did you say? Did you, were, or do you say like I like crunchy things, non-fishy? Like, how do you describe it? So I really like yellowtail. So of course we had to say that I, you know we like yellowtail, and then we both like spicy yeah. sushi. So they put extra okay. habanero on it. They're like, get some jalapenos. It was like perfect. So that was splendid. <gasps> jalapenos and sushi? Yeah, don't knock it. They, they were oh asking. God. We didn't. Oh we God. didn't have this, but they were asking. Oh, do you like fruit in your sushi? And I was like, hmm, interesting fruit interesting i said i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say no but they also brought one it was like a mushroom roll it was very it was all over the place what? it was splendid <laughs> so that was splendid so that was that was my valentine's day update and then i wanted to talk about a little work update so i give us the give tea. us the tea giving it right now so <laughs> i had a one-on-one with my manager and i think we're making progress towards moving maybe towards a managerial role no not way. to not like foot down manager I yeah. kind of threw out the idea of I think I talked about this before doing a mentorship program and I kind of talked yes. about the women women's resource group but that was more separate than my current role so that's just our employee research group resource group so I kind of wanted something that was more official with my team so He's going to talk to training. We'll see how that goes. But I'm a little nervous. I'm like, okay, but this is going to be good. This is going to be a good little transition. So I, you know, I definitely don't think I can take the first step and just become a manager. But I think a mentorship program is 
much more of a easier leeway into that. So do you think it would be like you would have like an intern for the summer or you may have like a new hire that you're mentoring or like, do you know like what that might look like? I have no idea. And he doesn't know either. We were just, you know, throwing out ideas because I think he was kind of not caught off guard, but I I don't think he expected the conversation to go that way. But we were talking about future Mm -hmm. goals and all that, all that fun stuff. But yeah, he agreed that it would be a good idea. So we'll see. see. But (gasps) yeah. Okay, and then the last update. I know I never talk about Anna Career on here. I talked about it once, and I did the little Give us the little update. update. So I started doing an open job posting tracker. So I'm posting that weekly. So I have I don't know. I've enjoyed it. How was your week, Libby? How has it been? Okay, it's been good. Um, I was a little hermit on Saturday, and I locked myself in the office, and I said. I have been stressy and depressy and I got to figure out what to do about it. Um, Why have I been stressy and depressy? Work has been insane. Work has been crazy. Um, And then like on top of work with like my commute and coming home, I've had like no time to do like my hobbies or social media or like things I enjoy outside of work. Why is that? You might ask. Because I get analysis paralysis. Okay. Analysis paralysis. Like (laughs) I get home from work. It's like, you know, five, sometimes six o'clock. And I'm so overwhelmed with all the things I want to do. Like, I have this issue in my life where I will come up with a new idea. Okay? This will be, let's come up with a new idea. I want to learn how to crochet. Okay. And then immediately in my mind, I'll be like, oh my God, let me think of all the ways that I can start a business that I can sell crocheted sweaters. Girl, you don't even know how to crochet <laughs> yet. So my, my issue is that like, I run before I walk and then it just like overwhelms me. And then I just get like defeated and I'm like fine I'm not gonna do anything because I'm just too overwhelmed to do anything so I locked myself in my room and I used notion I talked about it I feel like probably six months ago where I started a notion and I feel like I was just setting up my notion like the way everybody else was telling me to set up my notion you know like just using like the pre-made templates and like I don't know I only used it for a couple weeks and I stopped using it because it was like too much work for me I sat down and I figured out how to map out all my ideas for like content creation, writing, reading, creating all the things. And I finally feel like I have some motherfuckers. <laughs> That's what I've heard about Notion. <laughs> it's too much. I've heard that you need to take time to actually like learn it and put an effort into learning yeah. it. And then it's kind of like snowboarding. <laughs> Like it's really, I, I was going to say building a website, but like, yeah, yeah so, so let's go with snowboarding. You know, and I have, you know, I was keep in mind I've snowboarded once, but I've heard it's very hard to learn. But then once you learn, you get really good at it. Also going back to crocheting, mm-hmm. if you do want to learn how to crochet, Wobbles, check out the Wobbles. I saw them on Shark Tank. So. Oh my god, I literally just watched that I have a Like, I, I'm not even kidding I have you. a bag in my closet right now. I wish I could grab it, but then I have to take out my corded headphones because we're, we're, uh, we're 22K10. Yes. So I have three different animals in there. So it's my grandma's birthday this month. <gasps> and I thought... Oh my god, I, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Jimmy. But I thought what a cute <laughs> idea it would be to crochet something with her. So I got her an animal. Wait. I got my sister an animal. I got my mom an animal. That's so and we're going to sing Kumbaya and I'll crochet together. <laughs> I've never crocheted. Oh so we'll see. I'm making a penguin, but I'll, I'll post it on my on my Instagram story. Okay. Well, um, random update on, on stuffed animals. Um, 
I've told you in last week's episode how Brett has been going on these work mm-hmm. trips. Every work trip so far, he's come back with a new stuffed animal. Oh me. my gosh. And at first, at first it was very I cute. Knew, I, was I like, knew oh my this God, is where it's going. I... <laughs> I was like, oh my God, buy the fourth stuffed animal. <laughs> Every state. I was like, oh, I was like, you got me another one. <laughs> so sweet to me and he said yeah i saw this one and it made me think of you our bed now has 12 stuffed animals on it. i knew this and then is where Valentine's it's gonna go Day, oh he got you another one he got me a squishmallow we now have four squishmallows on the bed i'm like brett where are we gonna put all these squishmallows he said we have a second bedroom let's start putting on that bed i said no bro we don't need any <laughs> you're like this is my workspace i can't have this little rhinoceros <laughs> looking at me while I'm working on my notion. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. So that has been, that's been what's going on in my oh, Brett. neck of the woods. Oh, Brett. Just stuffed animals, notion, and Brett. Stuffed animals. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just crocheting and mentoring and what was my third one? And Eating sushi and snowboarding. <laughs> All of the above. Okay, let's get into our listeners' tea of the week. If you guys want to submit tea of the week and be a part of our intro segment, make sure you're following us on Instagram where we post question boxes where you too can share your highs, lows, and drama for the week. But to open it up, Nicole uh, put in her tea of the week and she said, Hi, taking a guy from my class to my date party, low thermal exam in that class <laughs> with him. That is definitely a low. I hated Thermo 1, loved Thermo 2. I hope your date went well. Maybe you guys can study together. Study date. You know what was the most fun thing during school? I'm digressing, but it was seeing who was studying together at little tables at the library or in the engineering building. I was like, oh my gosh, she's studying with her. I'm out. I'm out. Or you'd be like, oh my God, I didn't know they're yeah. friends. And they're studying. Well, studying is intimate. Yeah, I know. That's when you know. That's where the tea comes out. You're like, what are, you, what are you guys studying? <laughs> and then you're like, are you guys really Yeah, like, are you retaining real? that info or not? <laughs> because when I studied with a boy, I was just on edge. I was like, do I smell bad? I was do not I actually like, studying. I nervous. It's like sweating. I was like, do I have something in my teeth? I was like, teeth? oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So Ella said she is getting acne on her forehead from wearing her hard hat so much. I'm so sorry to hear that. Do you have any tips from the Um, steam generation plants? The power. uh, You know, I never got acne on my forehead, but I'm dealing with some acne on my cheeks. And let me tell you, dermatologists are motherfucking expensive. So, girl. I wonder if there's okay now we're gonna do a little invention like a little like disposable cover. oh like thing that you can put yeah. there <laughs> if not we should totally oh like okay let's start a yeah. let's start a business okay. um this goes perfectly with today's episode I'm sure there's like cosmetic uh, things like skin grade uh materials we have to work with yep okay starting it we're gonna call it we'll we're gonna call it, it uh. <laughs> No acne. No acne. <laughs> no acne. <laughs> <laughs> no more acne. No What's your product? Acne. No more acne. <laughs> What's your business plan? No more acne. Just if you're wearing hard hats. Not any other acne on your face. No way. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, well, I, I'm sure we weren't helpful at all in answering <laughs> that tea of the week, but we'll let you know when we come up with that business yes. model. <laughs> okay, if you guys like our episodes and if you think we're funny, because we all know that we're very especially funny in these episodes, <laughs> leave us a five-star rating and review and even leave us a written review on Apple Podcast and you could be entered in a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card giveaway once we reach 100 reviews. We're past 50. So I highly recommend you jump on the um, bandwagon and go leave us your written review. And if you want to connect with us further, go check out our Facebook group that you can find in our Instagram bio. We have people posting job openings at their companies. We have people asking for advice. We have book club updates. We have Mm -hmm. all the updates. So make sure Mm -hmm. to go check it out. Yeah. And you guys know that we just finished our first book club. We're going to do another book club. We're giving it a little bit of a break, but if you want to say in what book we read next, we have a little poll in the Facebook group. So hop on that. Go follow us on Facebook too. All right. With that, let's talk to Asia all about chemistry and the cosmetic industry. Welcome, Asia, to the podcast. We're so excited to have you. It was so fun meeting you at the Space Gala back in November down, what was that, in Florida. So for our listeners who don't know you, could you give like a quick elevator pitch about who you are, what you studied in school, and what you're passionate about today? Yeah, definitely. Um, so just as mentioned, uh, my name is Asia Fee. I am a chemist and founder of Alchemist Asia Cosmetics, which is a science-inspired business. Um, so we range from products that are, uh, test tubes. So, um, that's like more the chemistry, but we also do like biology. Um, we're all about, uh, diversity inclusion and reducing, uh, the science stigma that's in the beauty industry currently. So again, just bringing the beauty industry and the science realm all into one space, um, is ultimately our huge goal. Um, so that's a bit of a portion on my personal side. Awesome. I would love to learn more about what inspired you to go down the route of, you know, studying chemistry. I do want to get into your business a little bit, but we could start with your education first. Yeah, definitely. So um, I got my bachelor's degree from California State University, Channel Islands, um, and I am a chemist. So I mostly worked in organic chemistry. That was my forte. I loved it. Um, I was fully anticipating going into medicinal chemistry, which is what my research was in. Um, However, I revisited a passion that I haven't had since high school. So in high school, um, kind of like what you're seeing right now, full face of makeup, that's how I was in junior high and high school. Um, And I was really curious on how to make my own lipstick. So um, I started researching what, you know, cosmetic chemistry was, and that's what even introduced me to chemistry itself. So I ended up pursuing my degree in a general chemistry um, and working in the industry. But with um, career changes, I was able to revisit that passion and, you know, rediscover that love that I had for makeup and cosmetics and skincare. And yeah, that's kind of how I jumped back into it. And so now I've been working in product development, um, working on my own products and being a consultant for even small indie brands. Um, It's been really crazy, but yeah, mostly working um, on the chemistry side of that um, and various labs before, you know, actually working on myself and my self business. I can only assume that you were a part of like the 2018 era of YouTube beauty influencers as I was myself because I was so obsessed with like the next launch, the next eyeshadow palette. Like I found it so fascinating. So I can only imagine someone like you coming with 
like a chemistry background. Like I have a mechanical engineering background. I know nothing about how cosmetics are made. <laughs> um, are you, is that kind of how, like, did you integrate your passion with like that whole YouTube era at all? Um, it definitely had a huge influence. So um, I was constantly working. So it was kind of hard to keep up with all the trending stuff. And again, the reason why I even started my business was because um, I was so low income and the crazy colors of lipstick that I wanted in high school, I couldn't afford, which is why I was like, you know, I should honestly just make my own because if I can't afford a Kat Von D lipstick, maybe I could just make my own blue lipstick. And she was the only one making crazy colors at the time. So um, I heavily looked up to a lot of those people um, during the YouTube era. And so seeing the latest and the coolest different things and being able to like not have any accessibility to it let alone know how it was made in the process mm-hmm. was a huge mystery. And again, I was like, you know what, this needs to be tapped. I need to, I need to learn more about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's really exciting. And I would consider myself um, probably the Willy Wonka of makeup, if it's the best way to like describe it to anyone listening. Um, just because like in the movie, he you know was not able to eat any candy growing up because he had those braces. Um, that's kind of how I was where I couldn't afford all the high end makeup. So I was, you know, buying whatever you could get from Dollar Tree or uh, Kmart. So um, I worked my way into making my own and being creative with it. And in a sense, I was able to completely flip the situation to where I'm using makeup every day and playing with it and creating the newest thing. And those same people I looked up to who got to play with that makeup, I get to be the person behind the scenes making them. Um, and that is just the most bizarre thing to me. I think kid me would just be amazed. A full circle moment. <laughs> <laughs> so you started your company in high school then? So Technically, um, the ideas definitely started in high school. Um, I actually started making lipstick for some of my friends um, who were having the same problem where they couldn't find an exact shade or they wanted it to match their prom dress. Um, So I would make them at home and they were terrible quality, but the color was amazing. Like I really worked on pigment. That was like my thing. I really wanted to make sure the pigment was correct. Um, But the idea was definitely there and it actually didn't get revisited until I graduated uh, from university. So um, I still had my passion for doing makeup, but I was not able to fully um, immerse myself into cosmetic chemistry itself because I was a full-time student and working in industry at the time. What would you say is like the biggest thing that you learned from school with your chemistry backgrounds that goes into cosmetic chemistry? Like what what is one thing that sticks out in your mind that maybe you learned in school that you now use um, when making products? Hmm. So... I would say, and this goes for even makeup artists. So I would say cosmetic chemists, makeup artists, chemists, and just general people loving makeup in, in any aspect um, is sanitation. Oh. Um, and that's something I completely just didn't even think of. You know, um, we always talk about, you know, spreading bacteria with our makeup, you know, not sharing with others. And that was like the biggest thing growing up was just make sure you don't share it with other people. Um, but as I worked more with people who were professional makeup artists, um, I learned so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I do that in the lab. For instance, um, I can't remember her name right now, but if you're listening, um, you did a fantastic job on my makeup for the Colfi shoot. Um, and she was telling me when she does all of her clients, she get they all have separate makeup brushes and she puts them into a separate cup and she labels them, oh, wow. you know, with the date, with their name, um, with all of their information. So like any like skin um 
concerns or any like skin shades. And that way she constantly had that information with whoever she was working on. And there was no cross contamination. And I was like, you would be an excellent chemist because this is exactly how we function in the lab, making sure everything's labeled, everything is sanitized. And you always assume whatever you're touching is dirty. So you always clean it no matter what. Um, And so I think that carries on through for everything. And I think that was why it was so easy in the beginning making cosmetics Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people are like, oh, this is like making a recipe when in actuality, it's like conducting a chemical experiment, honestly. So it's much more than just mixing things. It's making sure everything is clean and precise. And I think that's something that is along the line for everybody. Definitely. So I work in med device and pharma, and I see that in our industry as well. So I'm curious, can you talk a little bit more about the regulations you have to consider when bringing a new product into the market? Definitely. And um, I will say, again, chemistry really helped with that. Um, So I also worked in organic and medicinal chemistry. I was a pharmacy technician. And so that was like something I was super um, interested in as well. And there's a lot of things that align with cosmetics. Um, And one of the most pertinent classes that I took during my undergrad was uh, drug development, which again, is in pharma, but at the same time, you learn about business business ethics and how it works. And it's the same kind of stuff for um, the cosmetic industry as well. Uh, With that being said, the regulations that um, are in place have this fine line. So there's actually a thing um, for a lot of people out there who use higher grade skincare that's, you know, usually recommended recommended by your esthetician. Those are uh, pharmaceuticals um, and skinceuticals or they uh cosmeceuticals so anything like that um they have to be prescribed because they are higher ranking in like drug um so they actually have to be prescribed to you um so there's a lot of um products that lean on that end of the spectrum that i don't work with because i know from my own background working in medicinal chemistry i'm like those regulations are so intense and they require a lot of clinical testing. So I don't work with those. Um, I would love to work with labs that do that, but my facilities are not able to do that. And that's something that I had to learn during my undergrad. And I wouldn't have known had I not started that way. Um, However, for just standard cosmetics, so things that are just, you know, on the surface level and just, you know, for playing around like most of us do, Um, The regulations are still um, pretty in place and it's again to ensure safety, quality, um, all those good stuff. Um, But for the most part, they're super easy to understand because again, it falls in the line of like what I used to do for inventory for my chemistry jobs. Um, So just, you know, making sure uh, we're tracking with our suppliers, um, you know, really focusing on the different regulations by not only state and um, nationality, but um, for instance, like the EU is going to have different regulations Mm -hmm. than us and who your client is. So really just staying up to date on that information. But that was a lot that I learned um, along the way during my undergrad. It's always fun, you know, selling in one country and then you're like, oh, wait, we don't have to do it in a different country. And then you're like, what? We have to do it here. So we have to do the test. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that you guys that were talking about this because I literally had this come up at work today where like a product that we're selling in the US, we just found out we can't sell it in other countries because of like this one test. And it's just so interesting how like all of these different things that we learn in school and in, in these different industries really do overlap quite a bit. 
Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious, can you talk a little bit more about like the new product development process? Bring us through the process of um, developing a new product and bringing it to market. We were just talking a little bit about like the regulatory testing that goes in place. Is there any other like chemical tests or like validations that you have to do when you're making a new product? Definitely. So there is a lot of phases. So depending on how innovative your product is, that's really what's going to extend the timeline, of course. So um, for instance, I like to bring in uh, celebrity cosmetics into this just because I know it's really big right now. So a lot of the times they start with uh, base formulas and because those are already tried and true. They've passed all the regulations. A lot of the times they can expedite that super quick because they just are able to put on a label, do the advertising and get it to market very quickly. Whereas others who are more on the indie side because they really want to focus on, you know, who they're serving or what they want their product to do, those can take up to like several years. Oh, wow. um, again, if it's something really, really interesting, again, we're talking like patent, same thing for like uh, drug manufacturing as well. Um, that process can take up to like 10 plus years, especially with the oh, patent wow. pending. Um, so it, it really just does depend, but as far as product, uh, development as a whole from, you know, just kind of starting with a general idea of what you want to do and throwing in something like, okay, here is an angle that no one has approached yet. Um, so we're not inventing something completely new, but we're starting something more creative in a space that hadn't been there before, if that makes any sense. That's usually how our conversations start. So it starts with like a consultation. Everyone's throwing ideas where, you know, expressing what we're looking for. And then the next stage would be, um, you know, doing your research, market research, your benchmark research, uh, which the benchmark would be uh, your references, essentially. So for instance, if you wanted a lipstick, but you like the color of this one, but you want the texture of this one, you would kind of bring these in, really evaluate their ingredients, you know, their performance and kind of work in there and almost um, reverse the experiment. So kind of like uh, reverse and see how they were able to develop it. Um, it's a really fun process. And that's really where the science kicks in, which is, again, my favorite part. And then, of course, developing the product. So the product development itself can really range as well. Um, and depending on how much it gets involved with, again, cosmeceuticals. Um, if you're looking for something that's going to solve or cure something essentially, or at least treat something, uh, that's where clinical trials do come in. And again, that'll extend it as well. So um, it really just does depend on what your product is doing. And if it's more about the packaging and the brand, those go really fast. But if you're looking for something innovative and you know really gonna resolve an issue, those ones take a lot of time just as science does. So going back to the whiteboard of ideas, what is one idea that you would love to bring to market? It could be crazy, crazy, like maybe it's not feasible. And then I also was wondering what is the craziest idea you've gotten, you know, as a consultant, if you can talk about it, you know, what is something that was kind of caught you off guard? You're like, oh, I would, let's look into this. Oh, okay. I think for me on that one, Oh my goodness, that one's really difficult. It's a very loaded um, question. <laughs> it would more than likely mean for a lip product, just because that's where it started. That's something that's always stayed tried and true. Like, um, you know, eyebrows come and go as far as trends are, um, you know, even eyelashes and eye makeup. But I feel like lipstick and like lip gloss, they're always there. So I would really love to see something super innovative there. Um, I'm really interested. So a lot of people um, love 
um, like color changing lipstick. And I think they're so fun too. A lot of it has to do with pH. Um, but I would love to see something way more immersive. Um, and I don't know, something crazy with, um, so there's something called Mm -hmm. biospheres. So those ones are interesting. I don't know if you remember, these used to be so cool back then. I remember I had my own where Al May came out with this foundation where it came out white, but as soon as you mixed it, like supposedly matched your foundation or your skin tone. So those are made with biospheres. So with the pressure of your fingers, like applying it to your skin, they break those spheres that are full of pigment. And that's how you get that color. Um, I think personally, those would make a really cool lip product. Um, I've always had this idea of making like a lava lamp style looking lip gloss to where, you know, it looks really fun. It's really cool. And then when you put it on, it is just like a product you've never used before. That's something I would absolutely go crazy over if I had the opportunity. So everyone stay tuned for the lava lamp (laughs) lip gloss is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be so stinking cool. Um, And then as far as the coolest thing I've had, so I've signed a lot of NDAs, um, but there's still some stuff I can, you know, kind of discuss. Um, uh, Something I've been very fortunate about um, since, you know, really starting as an individual and a consultant, uh, just because I am not a large corporation. um, But a lot of us work with small indie brands, uh, which is really why we're seeing such a huge push for all these cool brands that are coming out that are no longer monopolizing the space, which is wonderful. But it's also because a lot of them were not given a voice. And, you know, this is going to tie into the idea that they brought to the table here. So um, nine out of 10 people who usually come to me for a consultation, whether we see it to the end or just, you know, have a discussion Um, They're usually women of color and specifically black women who are usually turned away and don't even get to bring their ideas to the table. And they've always brought the most innovative products personally Um, from what I've heard, all the ideas they're spilling. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. We have nothing out there like this. And they're constantly just like changing the game and just constantly turned away because, you know, that's not really a space that they, they get. Um, So really proud to be able to, help other women of color um, as myself, um, because again, we, we were never able to voice those kinds of things. Um, That being said, one of the craziest ones I got was um, an alternative. And I can't say what the alternative is, but it's um, a natural alternative. And it was something that was going to um, substitute any synthetic hair. So I'm talking um, wigs I'm talking locks, I'm talking even lashes, um, and something to do with brows as well. Completely natural, um, and accessible to everybody. And it was probably, it doesn't seem that cool right now, just because, you know, I can't say what the thing is, but it was something that completely changed the game and changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, and I would love to see that one come through. Awesome. We'll be waiting. I'm really curious, like, what do you think the biggest barriers to entry are for a lot of these um, women of color and minority groups? Do you think it's um, the science? Do you think they need uh, resources such as yourself to help them bring their idea to life? Um, What are ways that people listening can do to support um, these types of indie brands? Yeah, definitely. Um, There are so many more barriers that I didn't realize until I got into the space. Um, which again, now a lot of those barriers are being broken down. So I'm again, happy to be in almost that revolution of things changing. Um, and another reason why I founded my business as well was because of these said barriers, because I had them 
myself. Um, so I would say one of the largest things from not only what they've shared with me, but what I've experienced myself um, would probably be just how things are marketed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times we're told that, um, oh, that's not going to sell well. Like who would, oh. who would want that? Like, you know, our market would really appreciate that. And it's like, okay, well, what market are you looking at? Who's your demographic? You know, I know thousands of women who would thrive off of this product, but that's not who they're looking for. And, you know, they, they want a certain type of clientele. Um, and it's sad to say that we're still sort of in that transition, you know, even being in 2023, we're still seeing that, um, in these higher up positions. So even though you see these corporations that are, you know, making really cool and innovative products, a lot of that starts from the ground level. And as you get higher and higher to the pyramid, um, it's still white and it's still male, um, which is just crazy. So for instance, something I didn't realize until I, you know, founded my business too. And I used to be a huge fan, but Too Faced Cosmetics, for instance, um, is founded by a man who doesn't even use makeup. And I, it was crazy to me because I loved the founder and I always thought, oh my gosh, he's so cool. But then I saw an interview and he was like, yeah, I don't even wear makeup. I don't like wearing makeup at all. But he, you know, had started this business, you know, primarily to sell makeup and make money off of it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, whereas these excellent ladies like myself, you know, have so many ideas and we, what we want to see and what we need. And a lot of times we just kind of get hushed in it too. And um, on that same sort of scope, um, also why I went and pursued chemistry directly instead of going to cosmetic chemistry was a lot of us are judged by our appearance. You know, we already face a lot, you know, being minorities, you know, being women um, in the STEM space or even in the beauty space. But um, there is a stigma of wearing full lashes, mm-hmm. you know, wearing a bright lipstick and almost being associated with being vapid or unintelligent. Um, and so if someone who really loves makeup or really likes to do their hair, they're not going to have any ideas that could be successful to a company. Um, and I think that's another reason why a lot of us get turned away because we like how we present ourselves and express ourselves. And for them, that's not necessarily professional. So I would say those are probably the two biggest barriers and the best way to support or, you know, push yourself if you are behind the barrier like myself, um, continue being you, you know, keep wearing that bright lipstick, keep talking with people who are like-minded um, and, you know, don't stop, you know, don't let anything else hold you back just because you dress a certain way or wear your hair. You are so capable of being in those spaces and being much more than at the table, but, you know, leading the table. I think it's kind of crazy because like completely separate industry, I work for a company that makes power tools, which is uh, the target audience is predominantly male. And I have women groups where I hear the exact same things from women who are very capable, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, reliability engineers. And they're Uh, is a fear around wearing nails to work, wearing lashes to work, you know, wearing lipstick to work because I work for a company that is like in this space that, you know, we're using power tools and you're not supposed to have makeup on. Like, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad to me that like, we're still having these conversations, but I feel like, or at least my hope is that raising more awareness and having these conversations with women more often um, will help 
reduce that. And I've also often found that like, when you do have conversations like this with other people, they go, oh my God, no way. I didn't know you felt that way. Like, I feel that way too. Okay. Now we have each other's backs. Like you dress that way. I'll dress this way. We'll hype each other up and it'll be okay. (laughs) No, definitely. Really liked your advice to someone who is going through a similar situation. Keep, keep doing it until you feel comfortable doing Mm -hmm. it and you get that stigma away and you know, you minimize that stigma. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know what the solution is, you know, like I, like, I don't, do we just keep, um, you know, being ourselves and try to push this negative narrative away? What are your thoughts on that, Asia? I think, I mean, definitely still, um, I would refrain from hiding. I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of us are fearful. And I was like that myself, um, for the longest time, my social media was actually very professional in fear of, you know, expressing my personal life and actually losing my scholarship um, and losing opportunities just in my universe. So I didn't even make it to the industry without the pressure. Um, And I can't even imagine, you know, people who were like myself in that same space where, you know, your identity means so much. You know, if you don't bring your best self to work, you're not going to perform your best because you're constantly focusing on these pants don't fit me great. Or, oh my gosh, these large men's shoes with steel toe are going to make me trip and fall because they're not fitted properly and they're not made for a woman. Uh, You know, it's the little things that do add up and eventually, you know, become your demise. So continuing, uh, continuing to push that and bringing your best self and bringing your true self to work is so important. And it's going to, you know, almost start a domino effect. Again, women women need women. And a lot of us need sort of that support. It was like in high school, it was like, Hey, are you going to wear your skirt tomorrow? Like yes. make sure you wear your skirt tomorrow so I can wear my skirt tomorrow. It started then and it's here now. And, you know, we want to be here with each other and we want to have that confidence, but sometimes it, it takes help. Um, it's really hard to do it on your own and just have that confidence right out the gate. Cause I certainly did not. So I think, you know, really making sure you do that. And then again, um, you know, you'll just prove yourself. You don't have to try very hard. Um, I think that's something that we all are like having in the back of our heads, like, okay, maybe I really just need to prove myself. Your work is going to show that through. Yeah. So I look like this when I show up to meetings and they're like, oh, okay. Like maybe she doesn't understand. And then I bring it in my presentations and I show my statistical data and it comes through and I don't have to work any harder than anybody else. I'm just doing my true job, my true capabilities and skill set, because they hired me for a reason. And I just so happen to look this way. So that should not have effect on my work. If anything, hiding that. And again, like I said, having to wear things that aren't suited for me, that's actually going to compromise my work and make me less of a scientist personally. Um, You know, and again, some people are the opposite too. So empowering those who like to not be feminine, where they may work in a space where, you know, they want the women to dress super feminine and that's not their style. And again, they're so uncomfortable. They're wearing skirts where they're so much more comfortable working with in pants and working in the lab. Um, the dynamic is, you know, it's so many different uh, ways you can see it in different perspectives. I love that. You're like, I'm going to bring it in my presentation, my statistical analysis. You're like, I'll show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> So we touched a little bit on the two-faced founder. Um, so I actually wanted to ask, what are some things about big beauty companies that our listeners might not know? Because mm. I didn't, I didn't know that about oh the founder. Goodness. So um, that's nice to I me. I didn't either. So. <laughs> you said that, and I was quite like mad over here. <laughs> and no, I mean, I still use their stuff to this day too. But it was, it just blew my mind because it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like. 
I keep comparing to movies. Movies are like my thing. It was like Ratatouille. It was like, oh my gosh, this was a great meal. Like, who's making it? (laughs) You know, like, I'm not upset, but I'm a little surprised. (laughs) How did you do this? But I think the biggest thing, um, and I, again, I did not learn this until I got into the industry and I had so many fantastic mentors who shared so much. Um, So I met a lot of people through L'Oreal and I have a lot of great things to say about L'Oreal. But in addition to that, companies similar to L'Oreal or even L'Oreal itself, you know, not trying to name drop anything or anyone, um, but big corporations have branches Um, And a lot of people don't know that. So when um, the whole Morphe thing was going off on TikTok, where people were like, oh my gosh, there's this huge lawsuit, what's going on? And then, you know, all these other brands started pulling, they're like, is it a coincidence? Is like something happening with all these different brands? Um, They are owned by all the same people. And it is wild. So what cracks me up too is like a lot of the fighting. So when people say, oh, you know, this product is so much better than this product over here, or like, oh, this product is a great dupe for this one. And you're like, they're sister companies. A lot of the, a lot of the times you have chemists who worked on like six different projects in like 20 different companies, and they're the same chemists, they're the same formulations, different bottle, different label. And it just blew my mind. And again, has nothing to do necessarily with quality. Some um, are run by different, you know, management. And so, you know, ingredients could definitely be different and processes could be different, but for the most part, you're still functioning with the same group of people. So just something to consider, you know, it really does not hinder uh, the cosmetics themselves, but it's just kind of an interesting fun fact. (laughs) I wanted to ask what would be, because I love that we're talking about this today because um, Lexi and I, I feel like all throughout college, we were always like, okay, how do we infiltrate the beauty industry? Like we need to be like beauty engineers. Like how do we do this? So what would be like one actionable step or, or a series of actionable steps that somebody listening could take to get involved in the beauty industry with a STEM background? Mm. I think the easiest step without having to spend any money and if anything, you're going to be supporting. So, um, there's another fantastic chemist. I know she has her own small podcast, which is a really niche one. Um, so, uh, it's called the glam chemist. Um, her name is Genesis. So she and her colleague, they work in, um, cosmetic chemistry as well. And they invite a lot of people from industry specifically. And, um, since listening to that, it's been so like, like mind opening. I'm talking about like scandals and things like that too. So a lot of the times why we're not seeing a lot of us in social media is because, um, you know, if they're working under a company, there's a lot of things that you can't say, um, because you're paid to essentially, you know, build up this product. So it's not like they're going to lie about it necessarily, but they can't say anything poor about a company that they're working for. It's just in poor practice and could ultimately come and bite you in the butt later on the road. So a lot of these people, you know, kind of have to wait until they either open up um, their own company or they completely just don't work in the industry anymore to reveal a lot of that stuff. So if you want to know more about that, definitely listen to her and like check out her page. But as far as people who want to, you know, take it even further and put like an actual foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, I recommend just taking some STEM courses specifically in chemistry and then drug development. Those were, again, chemistry is pretty obvious, but the drug development, I wish I had taken sooner and I wish I had taken more of. Um, You learn so much about pharma specifically, but uh, again, they're hand in hand as far as a lot of regulations go and the processes go. 
Um, so I think that's like the best way to do it. And you get a little bit of both. So it's not intimidating because a lot of the time the class is half business, um, half chemistry. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's probably your best bet in doing it. But again, you know, following people on socials and learning more, um, about that cosmetic space is probably the easiest and cheapest step. And then taking some courses, I think, to really get your head in the space. I absolutely loved that we were able to talk about this topic because like Libby said, we literally were talking about this. I actually ordered, <laughs> like, this is going to sound so silly to you probably. I ordered like a gel base <laughs> one year and I put like little, I ordered this like lip gloss coloring and I was just trying to make my own lip gloss in like my little apartment. I did not go through with it. <laughs> but like, like I have a business idea. It's going to be lip gloss. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so it's just, it was just so cool to hear about your experience and your input on, you know, in the industry. Um, we like to close out each interview with one question. And that is, if knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Mm. I would tell her to not be scared um, and pursue what she truly wanted. So I went in thinking that I wanted to do the hardest thing in chemistry because people didn't take me seriously as a scientist, let alone a college student because of the way I dress and the way I did my makeup. Um, and that followed me a lot. So I feel like I had to present myself so completely different and, you know, do the hardest things. But at the same time, I was struggling so much because um, sometimes I wasn't all there and I wish I had just gone for it right off the bat. Um, and I think that's for a lot of people too. I mean, even with the simplest tasks to not being scared of, um, you know, applying for jobs that you think are bigger than you, like, please, please apply for it. I mean, the worst that can happen is they say no. Um, and the better scenarios are just so much larger <laughs> and more likely to happen. And it's just, you know, and being scared and holding yourself back is going to, you know, you're going to lose out on opportunities. So I wish I'd started sooner personally. And I know a lot of people say that, but just really going for it and um, moving forward with the plans I had initially intended. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Asia, for being on the podcast. Um, if our listeners want to find you and follow you on social media for some inspo, where can they find you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You guys can find me just about anywhere. So I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook barely. <laughs> and I'm on TikTok especially, but you can find me on all of those platforms under Asia Fee, Asia like the continent, Fee like something you pay. Um, and Alchemist Asia as well. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of My Best Friends and Engineer. Text your BFF a link to this episode and be sure to share it on your social media so we can continue building this community of women in STEM. If you like this episode, be sure to leave a rating and written review on your favorite podcast listening platform and follow us on Instagram at My Best Friends and Engineer to keep up with all of our latest updates. If our listeners want to see more from you, Libby, where can they find you? You can find me at Libby Beyond the Label on Instagram and TikTok. If they want to see more from you, Lexi, where can they find you? You can find me at Engineer Lexi on Instagram and TikTok. I'm Lexi. And I'm Libby. And, and thanks, thanks for listening, listening to, to my, my best, best friends, friends and engineer. engineer.